Well, Smarties, we can't believe it, but today we are celebrating our third anniversary of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. Today we welcome Pierre Siebers, who is our sound engineer and has been with the podcast since the very early days. It takes a village to podcast, everyone, and it doesn't just happen because of Steph and I. So excited to welcome him to the podcast today. This is a wide-ranging conversation about the origin of ed therapy, our origin story, how Steph and I initially connected what it was like to launch our businesses and then launch the podcast and also chat about what we would do if we weren't educational therapists. Pierce also shares his experience of listening to all 156 episodes of the podcast and we're excited to share this episode and it'll be fun for Pierce to edit himself. If you would love to help us celebrate, there are so many ways for you to do that. So let me just run through a few of them because it would mean so much to us in terms of helping other people find the podcast and hearing your feedback means a lot to us as well. So if you would like to help us celebrate our 30th anniversary, please share your favorite episode on Instagram and tag us at Learn Smarter Podcast. You can give us a five-star review on Apple. And by the way, if you've done this, we don't get an email or alert or anything. And sometimes we only see reviews weeks later. So some of you have tried to connect with us that way and we don't know who you are. So email us is better. Join our Facebook group, the Smarties of the Learn Smarter Podcast. Join our email list at www.learnsmarterpodcast.com. Email us if you have an idea for an episode. Rachel and Steph at Learn Smarter Podcast. You can tell a friend about us. If you have been thinking that you want to do an on-air coaching call, now is the time to let us know. And you can also invite us to speak. We have loved the opportunities that we've gotten to connect with our audience and their communities through speaking. And we love getting to do that. So email us about that. Or you can email us privately with whatever you want. Rachel and Steph at LearnSmarterPodcast.com. We love hearing from you. So happy anniversary and let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 156 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And who are you? I'm Pierce. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I am the podcast's sound engineer. Yes. <laughs> and I do some of the graphics as well. You're the podcast man. And I am a huge fan of the podcast. I would hope so, Pierce, because you, out of everyone, have listened to every incarnation. You've listened to all 156 episodes because you've edited them. <laughs> so I hope you would like it. Yeah, and I know it quite intimately. And I feel yeah, like sure. I know you guys pretty well, too. <laughs> yes. You guys don't know me in, to the same capacity. Right, right. But we've been making up for that. So we've been trying to record this episode for a while. And then the last time we all sat down to record, we ended up just catching up and getting updated on your life because we had a lot of questions. But we won't go into that today unless you want to. Yeah. And this episode is actually <laughs> we're recording it right. the week before, which we don't normally do. Yeah. So this is hot off the press. And you said it was fine because you're the one editing it. And you're like, I'll get it done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So here we are. So let's talk a little bit about... 
our origin story and sort of how we all met because we've actually never met in person, which feels weird. It does feel a little <laughs> weird. Yeah. After three years yeah. of working together. I mean, we have done a lot of video chatting, but we kept telling you come to LA. We'll all go to dinner. We'll have a good time. That invitation still stands, but you'll be out here at some point, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, my aunt lives in Los Sosos, a small town near San Luis Obispo. And I'm probably going to visit them pretty soon. Well, you'll do an L.A. swing. They'd be happy to drive me in. Oh, yeah. Perfect. That'll be fun when it finally all happens because we all get along really well. But, Steph, I don't actually remember how we initially connected with Pierce. I know we were looking for podcast art. Yeah, let's do the cover art. How did we find you? You found me through Upwork. Okay. Turned out to be quite relevant considering the pandemic. Yes, yes. (laughs) This was all. This was all pre. Way pre. This is three years ago. Yeah. Steph and I were very clear, and we knew like we can do the content, we can do the writing of the episodes, but like the tech side of stuff and the art side of stuff because there's so many components when you. Yeah. Are launching a podcast. There's a reason it took us nine months because there were a lot of different things to figure out, but. I remember you nailed the podcast art on the first go, right, Steph? Oh, yeah. We both saw it and we're like, that's it. It was exciting. Nice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you all know it. The chalkboard. Yeah. Well, that was it. You guys didn't want to have any sort of cliche imagery, right. like an apple or like right. a fox or like right. someone with glasses, you know. I think we said simple, clean, yeah. but make it clear that it was about education, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I still love it three years later. I love it. I still love the podcast jingle. (laughs) It's always bouncing around my head. It's so clever. Adam will be so happy (laughs) to hear that. He's a mad scientist. (laughs) If our audience doesn't know, my husband and his friend are the ones that wrote the jingle for the podcast. And sing it. And sing it. Yeah. I feel like your how you met story would have been better if you had hired Adam to do the jingle and then uh, from that you fell in love. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, so maybe you need to amend that. Right, right. We'll just pretend we were not together <laughs> as long and he wasn't yeah. just being a supportive partner. Yeah. It was a whirlwind romance. It was whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> that nine months that we launched the podcast, we fell in love during that time. It's a Hallmark movie too. <laughs> yeah. So um <laughs> so funny. And then I remember you being like excited about what we were talking about doing with the podcast once we explained a therapy to you. So had you ever heard of educational therapy? Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. I've heard of tutors for different subjects or speech therapists, Mm -hmm. but I had no inkling of a vague knowledge of educational therapy. So this has been a huge world opening up to me over the last few years. Yeah. And pretty helpful for me as well, because I have my own focus problems myself. The executive functioning stuff in particular has had a deep influence on my freelance work and just being able to function as an adult. And I wish I had heard about this stuff when I was growing up. I mean, I was always really good at school, but that doesn't mean I didn't struggle. Right. So well, that was going to be my next question. I was curious of sort of how listening to the podcast is infiltrated, but I think you just answered that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, apart from that, being able to talk about this is one of the main things that I do. 
has made me a much more interesting person. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So when you're talking about all the work that you do for the podcast, it makes you more interesting to other people. Way more, way more interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Most of the stuff I do is kind of artsy, you know? Right. I do music stuff and I do design stuff. And being able to talk about this podcast makes me seem a lot more grounded, more right brain. And like (laughs) just being able to sort of reference these cool nuggets randomly about ADHD or (laughs) oh neural pathways and like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, you're so fancy, Pierce. Are you, are you like Rachel and Steph say? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's not what Rachel and Steph think actually. (laughs) That's awesome. So then after you did the logo art and the main art for the podcast, you asked us who's editing this. Right. I think I was suggesting it like, do you guys have like a audio engineer? hundred percent. We were so excited when you sent that email. You're like, oh, by the way, I do know how to do this conversation. Done. And we were done like, and yeah. done. Done. Because we needed somebody. I don't know that we would have thought to ask you. Steph, do you think we would have thought? No. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have known that I spent my whole life playing with recording programs. Right, right. And it was so helpful because figuring out the tech stuff of how to set this up so that we didn't have to be in the same room right? and give you what you needed in order to properly edit it. So just so our audience knows, how long does it take you to edit an episode? I'm curious. I've never asked. It varies. Episodes where it's just you two talking, Mm. they're usually quicker. (laughs) I mean, even apart from just being shorter episodes, dealing with two audio tracks is a lot easier than juggling three Mm -hmm. or four. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the ones where you have guests, they can take a really long time, depending on how articulate the guest is or how prepared they are or the trajectory of the conversation. If it's a smooth arc, it can be like seven, eight hours. Wow. It's a lot of Rachel and Steph time, Pierce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason that I think it's important to talk about this is because we put out a finished product but we don't give you a finished product, right? And so when we have guests coming on, sometimes they feel tremendous pressure because they've listened to episodes and it sounds like we said everything perfectly the first time we said it. Right. And it's such a load off and we're like, no, Pierce will make everybody sound good. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I could imagine they might stop mid-paragraph and be like, oh, wow, I don't really sound like Dr. What's-her-name. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, especially the episodes with just the two of you, Mm -hmm. your part of the audio has gotten smoother and smoother Mm. over the years. So that part of it is getting easier and easier. Your speech mannerisms can almost see in the audio where you stop and maybe you want to redo something. Well, it's almost like synesthesia in in a weird way. When you hear something... And you can like taste it or I'm just comparing the audio with the visual representation of the audio. I can almost just look at you guys talking Mm. without listening to it and know. Oh, yeah. But you don't see us. Yeah. He doesn't normally see us. He just gets the audio. The audio signature. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. 
And you know our speech patterns. That's so funny. That is. And yeah. I feel very exposed right now. I feel very vulnerable. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> when it's just the two of us, we record and sometimes it's just us talking for 15 minutes before we actually start the episode. And you often will hear that conversation too. Totally. Because we think yeah. we're going to start. And then I have to ask her if she watches this TV show. But one of my favorite things about what you do is when you send us the episode, you send like feedback yeah. of the episode too. I love that. You guys like that? I love that. Sometimes I'll yeah. finish it really late at night or something, you know, and I'll just be like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to. No, it's not like I look at it. I'm like, oh, Pearson didn't say anything. It's a bad episode. I don't do that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was oversharing or. No, no, no. But sometimes we ask you a question and then you'll respond to it like weeks later <laughs> in the email when you send that episode, which is funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, right, right. We'll ask you a question while we're recording, but we're ahead. And all of a sudden we get a text at a random time just with your answer. And it's like, <laughs> what question was that? It's like a message <laughs> in the bottle. Or yes. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. We get the delayed gratification. Yeah, you'll be talking about like a television show, right. or a restaurant, and then I'll be like, oh my God, I love hoarders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, 100%. It's always something like pop culture and like that, too. Yeah. Well, tonight's Married at First Sight. So. Oh, cool. Decision day for Married at First Sight. See, this is what happens during the episode. <laughs> so we should probably say this is our anniversary episode. This is our third anniversary stuff. Mm-hmm. Woo! That's wild. We'll link the other anniversary episodes in the show notes. So then we were talking about what do we want to do for this episode, and I thought it would be really fun to bring you on, Pierce, because you've been there Thanks. throughout the whole time. And yeah. I'm like, you probably have questions for us, so... Which you did. You sent them to us. Probably too many questions. Too many questions. You don't want to edit this many questions. So we'll <laughs> kind of roll through, but we'll hand the episode over to you a little bit. And you can interview us. Yeah. Thank you. Tell me about the history of ed therapy and its key events. How long has ed therapy been in existence and how did it come to be? Uh, a great question, Steph. It is a great question. Okay, so... Educational therapy has been around for about 40 years, and it was started by a few women in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles, and it has grown since then. Even in the last few years, it's just continuing to grow and get bigger. A lot of people never heard of it, but there's actually a board certification for it. There's actually levels in our association of membership. I think they started doing it just in their home, just with kids and just wanted to figure out and create a framework for it. There's actually a textbook about educational therapy mm -hmm. and there's all these ethics laws and all these things that you have to learn. So it's one of those professions that is still in its infant stages, but growing. Beautiful answer. Thank you. I didn't know any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. How did the two of you get interested in such a fledgling field? As our audience knows, I was teaching preschool and I never like woke up one day and was like, this is what my life is going to be. I want to be a preschool teacher. I enjoyed the job. I was teaching four and a half year olds. Four and a half year olds are really fun. They're also very physical and tiring and loud. But I also was working with mostly women, who were great, fantastic mentors. It was a great way to enter into education in terms of 
how to think about kids, how to talk to parents, and sort of how to manage from the top down a classroom. But frankly, I wanted to make more money than what I was making. Preschool teachers are really underpaid. And it's a very professional job to then have nearly everybody who is a preschool teacher either have to have a second or a third job on top of it to make ends meet in LA or, you know, have to be married. So it's like a dual income situation. Truthfully, I think I came across Ed Therapy because I was just researching education programs. I knew that I was mostly interested in how students learned. I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want to be a speech pathologist or an occupational therapist or anything like that. I was trying to figure out, but what I knew what I liked was watching kids learn. And I knew that I'd always had an affinity for kids who struggled to access the information because even at four and a half, it was clear at that point that if you have an intuitive teacher who's sort of paying attention, stuff would be going on. And those were the kids I always loved a little bit more. Those who needed a little more love, you know? So I found the program at CSUN and then Cal State Northridge, which is what she's referring to. I went to like an info night and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. But CSUN's really far. (laughs) And it wasn't online at that point. So I waited a year and then I was like, no, this is the program and it's going to take me a minute to get through it. And then Steph and I met a year or two into the program. I met you my first semester. Oh, you did? Do you remember meeting me? 100%. Tell me about it. I feel like you guys were talking about going to this one restaurant. Yes. And you both liked it. <laughs> we didn't know that at first. So the reason is because you were friendly mm-hmm. with another person in our cohort. Program. Who uh-huh. was a teacher at the uh, kids' school uh-huh. of the family that I raised. Right. Uh. So she was one of the kids' teachers previously. So I knew her and I went up to her and I was like, Do you remember me? (laughs) And was I like standing there? I think we were like on a break Mm -hmm. and you guys were sitting there chatting during class. And I was like, oh my gosh, these girls, like they're just like during class. And I was sitting in the back corner and then you guys were like, oh, come sit with us. And then I started sitting with you and then you were very much like, Stephanie, come into our group. (laughs) See, here's what I love about this story so much is I have no memory of this. This doesn't surprise me. Yeah. But the way that you sort of set it up and almost felt like we were mean girls. No, but you weren't. No, 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 no. But we weren't. And we like totally brought you into the fold. But yes, then I officially remember our friendship taking off in a different direction when you brought California Chicken Cafe. And I was like, is there? Oh, yeah. Where did you bring that from? And you're like, it's right next door. And that's really where I feel like the love affair started. The Eureka moment. Yeah, that was just me bringing dinner because I needed something to eat. And then I started bringing it for everybody. Yeah. Whoa, that's so nice. And then remember I gave you the popcorn? That I definitely remember. And there's a photo that I think we've shared with our audience of me like with this big tub of popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) That I got at work. (laughs) Yeah, but Steph, let's go back to the question that Pierce asked, which is like, how did you get interested? Well, I knew of it because I had been looking at careers. I was working for the family. Mm -hmm. One of the kids had an educational therapist. And I was like, I can do that. I was sort of unofficially doing it. Mm -hmm. And so then I started looking into it and my schedule just wasn't ready and I couldn't do it then. And I had made the appointment and like met with her Mm -hmm. and all of that. But it was a couple years later that I actually started the program because then 
things had changed enough and the kids had gotten old enough that I could actually leave to go to class. Mm -hmm. And that's how that sort of came about. I sort of had put it aside like, oh, I can't do this because of my job and whatnot. But I always thought, oh, that would be pretty easy for me. (laughs) So it just sort of happened. Are you still in touch with the kids? Yeah, of course. Nice. Some might listen. I don't know. Oh, wow. I love you, but yeah, I don't know. Sometimes they do. I guess I'm asking, did it feel like a gamble going into this field because it was new? Um, I think that's a really good question. The part that felt like a gamble was starting our own business. 100%. Right. Because you don't have to. There's other things you can do as an educational therapist. You don't have to be in private practice. You can still work in a school setting. So Steph quit her job and was like in my ear that I had to do the same. We both sort of had a similar goal and wanted to do it together and knew that we already had a very collaborative dynamic between the two of us and not competitive dynamic between the two of us. Mm -mm. And so Steph absolutely set me up with like opportunities that would allow me to quit my job and sort of be able to do this. So no, I never felt like it was a gamble because I was like, either way, I'm walking away with a special ed master's degree. I'm going to be able to do something. Mm-hmm. Gamble is not the right word. I think I felt frustrated at times that people didn't know what I was doing, including my former employers, like people who I was intimately right, who are in education, right? Yeah. didn't understand Probably part of that was the feeling on my end of not being able to succinctly say what this is. Mm -hmm. And so that's definitely one of the missions of the podcast is to make it easier for people to understand what this is and explain what they're doing. And, hey, you want to know more about a therapy here? Go listen to this, you know, that type of thing. So, I mean, Steph, what do you think? Did it feel like... You know, if I put myself back into one of our classes, just sitting Mm -hmm. there thinking and like listening to other people who were already practicing Mm -hmm. and either they had their own practice already. And I think I thought, oh, my gosh, that'll never be me. I'll never have my own practice. (laughs) I literally thought that Rachel was like, she didn't ever let me think that that wasn't the trajectory that I was on. (laughs) She just sort of like put it out there like, this is what we're doing. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Things probably would have been so different if we hadn't ever met. Yeah. In terms of the people who've had an influence on my life, Steph is top three, 1000%. Agreed. It's interesting to hear you say that because I don't remember being pushy about it, but I probably was. Oh yeah, you were. It was an expectation. (laughs) That this is what was going to happen. Yeah. I think both of us were in a place where we really just didn't want to work for other people anymore. Yeah. We were also in a place where we could take a little bit of a risk. Mm -hmm. You know, you were gearing up for a transitional moment. I was too. Mm -hmm. One of the blessings, I guess, of not having a lot of resources while I was teaching and in grad school simultaneously is that I didn't need a lot to be able to live my life. And like, I just had to make a certain amount, Mm -hmm. which looking back, we were able to figure it all out. It was a scary time. I don't know if I could do that now. Not at this point with like a house and you know what I mean? Right. Knowing how it turned out, I would do it again for sure. Yeah, 100%. But if it had been a different moment in time, I don't know. It was a very big transition in my life. Yeah. You moved, you sold your place. It was, there was a lot going on. It was like almost this, here's another chapter. Yeah. Chapter. Yeah. Which I needed at the time. So it sort of gave me the opportunity to jump in head first and sort of put in the time and energy and effort. So Rachel sort of was like, here's the bar. We're like going to jump over it. 
And it was sort of like, okay, Steph, figure out how we're doing that. And I'm so good at figuring out how to get to things mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, this is my job. Like, okay, I'll figure out what we need to do and then do this and then do this and then do this. And then she would just put these bars up <laughs> yeah. that it was like, okay, we need to meet this. So Steph, figure out how to do it. And then like, I'd be like, okay. And then I would do it. Like getting an office. Perfect. All those things. She was very much like, this is what we're doing. I remember when she said, we're getting offices by the end of the year. And I was like, uh, <laughs> I said, yeah. by the end of this year, we're having offices, which felt ridiculous. I literally remember thinking, okay, Rachel, sure. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And then uh-huh. what happened? January 1st, 2017. Or at least this both went into it. So. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm not interested in the details, right? No. We were talking about that before we hit record about some other stuff that's going on. And I'm just not interested in research or a lot of options. And so Steph would like figure something out and then would tell me, okay, this is how we're doing it. I'm like, great. That's amazing. Like, like cause I don't want to figure it out. And so, yeah, yeah. I remember that about the websites, too. Yes, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, you're like, no, 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 no. We don't need websites. I was like, yes, we do. (laughs) And then we actually picked different formats. But you told me which one to pick because I didn't want something super customizable. Because, again, I don't like options. So much would happen because you and I were working on the exact same thing at the exact same time. We were both building websites at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. When I was looking at Office Space... You were coming with me. I was driving down to you to go look with you. Yeah. I mean, even now, like those big decisions, we still... Discuss, yeah. Yeah, it's very normal for me to send you a random text of like something very specific that's happening with the business with no contacts and you just say yes or no. Yeah, totally. You know, like (laughs) what's happening. Yeah, Yeah, same. So... Question that comes to mind is, at what point did you feel like you could make a mark Hmm. or when you were going into it was part of it? That you felt like you could make a mark? Mm, no. No. Okay. We were scared to make a mark. So what happened was we both had office bases and we were developing teams. And one of the things that Steph and I are both similar on is that we'd like to continue to grow. And owning your own business allows you to iterate and start different things. And we were both sort of looking for what is a natural next step now that like this feels established and we were both fans of podcasts but it wasn't either one of us it was a friend of ours who's been on the podcast before Rachel Madel who had a podcast and I'll never forget because we were at my apartment we were sitting on the couch yeah and she's like you two should start a podcast Steph and I looked at each other because we had been like throwing around the idea of a blog, which just felt like homework. Yeah. And also I don't read blogs, so it didn't feel sustainable. Right. Right. And we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, okay. And it both hit us in that moment. Yeah. And then, I mean, Steph and I were probably meeting weekly from that point on. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be. We knew it was going to be about ed therapy, but we didn't have a format of what we were actually going to talk about until a little while later where it's sort of like, oh, we could just talk about the field and the things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. That didn't come right away Mm -mm. because it felt really vulnerable. We knew that there was an opportunity for it because there wasn't a podcast about ed therapy. And because we had stumbled across other podcasts that we loved just by searching, I would imagine that if people knew about ed therapy, they would search for it. And nothing would pop up, right? So there was an opportunity. But 
the anxiety that we had even announcing the podcast, which we probably did about six weeks before we launched it. And then when the episodes were coming out, we were very concerned about what other people would think and what our colleagues who we respect would think of it. And I've never had, for the most part, anything but love about the podcast because we really do believe that it rises the tide for everybody. If people are Googling a therapist in their area because they've heard about it on the podcast, that's good for somebody else's caseload, right? So no, like when we were in school, I wasn't thinking no way that big. Right. And now Steph and I have absolutely sort of worked through the vulnerability mm-hmm. part of it, but it took us a while to be comfortable. Yeah. I can't imagine the amount of conversations the two of you must have had before you started pressing record. Yes. It's just such a pity almost that we don't have those episodes, you know, (laughs) just those conversations. Yeah. And we re-recorded several of the first episodes. Right. Which we don't do anymore. And so, yeah, those early conversations, I think particularly maybe the conversation about what is the mission of the podcast. And, you know, the podcast has taken on a life of its own. It's a big part of our week. And I don't know what we would do at the time if we didn't podcast. It's so normal that we podcast on Mondays and Fridays and yeah. and it's so flexible. If either one of us is like, we can't do it, then it's fine. In these different pursuits that you have, I'd imagine that they get easier and easier because you've jumped so many times. But I mean, how do you figure out that balance of planning, minutia, and just going for it? I really, really thought that because we had taken the leap and started our own businesses that starting a podcast would somehow have transferable skills. And I don't believe that there were any. It felt to me just as scary. You know, Steph and I were hiring people to help us and taking courses and like trying to really learn about podcasting and also trying to be sure that we could stay committed Mm -hmm. to it because podcasts can become an important part of people's week. And I can understand how on Tuesday people are like, what's the new episode today? If they're a fan of our podcast, because that's how I am about other podcasts. But I think we knew it was a good idea to do it. Having gone through the podcast Has that been transferable to newer pursuits in your life? Yes, I think so. The business and the podcast have given me a confidence Mm -hmm. that, you know, I can get stuff done. Yeah. I think it will for the future. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Are you vague podcasting right now? I'm vague (laughs) podcasting because number one, our butts are not always going to be in a seat. Right. And you're not going to always just hear our voices. I think there's other things that will happen. I don't know what she's referring to right now, but <laughs> like she has. <laughs> I sense a big idea coming on. <laughs> there's things. There's things. Just, you know, give it time. Well, there's absolutely stuff that we've talked about. Podcasting in the third dimension. <laughs> Our audience has asked for certain things that are in the works. I mean, Learn Smarter Pro, which is our group coaching program, was never for people who were starting educational therapy practices. That was never in the cards. Steph and I actually both really love doing the business coaching that we get to do now with our audience, but mm-hmm. that wasn't the goal. Like, if you look back at the mission of the podcast, it wasn't to like, train 
people from a business perspective, but I love doing it. Yeah, it's fun. It's super fun for us to do it. But that was scary too. We didn't know if anybody was going to want to do it. And we have like a wait list. So one foot in front of the other. What's the next best step, I guess? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Do you feel like you ed therapize <laughs> kind of everything? Like, yes. Ed therapize yourselves, ed therapize your partners. I do. And I <laughs> check it before I wreck it. <laughs> but. but I do. And I check it. You know, he's the type of person who will go put something in the kitchen and then carry something to the bedroom. And it's like an inefficient way of doing it, like around the house. And there was something that he did the other day. I can't remember what it was, but it was like he planned it out in his mind. So it was like one stop shop around the house kind of thing. I was so proud. Wow. I said, that was great executive functioning, honey. Good job. Like I, you know, Mr. Efficiency. Yeah. Uh Yeah. And I think that's totally a result of like hearing me talk about it, but also you can't change people. Yeah. Stuff you do at therapize people. I try not to. Okay. But sometimes it's not possible for me to not. (laughs) I have pure intentions. Yes. We often say only people would listen to us. <laughs> Things could be so much better. Here's the thing. There's people in my life who come and ask me for that kind of help. But there's also people where I know that they don't want that. <laughs> so I try not to. Right. I just want everyone to have an easy time. Yeah. I come from a place that ah, I can make this so much easier for you. But not everybody wants to. So it's okay. Yeah. I respect that. It's sometimes a little hard for me, but I respect it. Well, you're such a fixer. I am a fixer. I'm sorry. I just am. And what about in terms of the podcast? Are you always going through the week thinking, oh, this would make for a good episode? How will I go about it? Yeah, I think we both go through phases where she's more thinking podcast episodes, ideas, and sometimes I do. She comes up with a lot of like, we need to be talking about this, and I am doing a lot of Ah, I wanted this person to come on the podcast to talk about this. Or I'll say, I want somebody who's an expert on this topic mm-hmm. and stuff will go find the right person and like court them to come on kind of thing. Court them. Yes. <laughs> That's a really fruitful combination. Yeah, it is. And if you saw all the ideas that we have that we haven't recorded, there's still a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Well, do you at least write them down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. They're all listed out. When we're sort of planning out episodes we're going to do or right next, we go back to the drawing board. And one of us will say, what's inspiring you right now? Like, what's speaking to you? And sometimes it's something that's completely not on there. Sometimes a client will ask a question that will spark an episode. And then I talk to them for a few minutes. I'm like, that would be a really good episode. And they're like, oh yeah, that is a good episode idea. Yeah. Yes. I would say in the beginning, everything was getting filtered through that. And now it's, I would say more organic. It is. It's not uncommon on the weekend or something for one of us to add an idea and then screenshot and text it to the other person that they added something, you know. Or there was this one time where she added something and she said, I added something. Can you find it? Guess what, guys? And she did. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the podcast is, it's a never finished project for us. 
It's not. We think about it. It's like a case, right? Like we're constantly looking at how to approach it and do something with it and solve something. What do people need? What are they asking for? And when our audience emails us, Rachel and Steph at LearnSmartPodcast.com, we absolutely (laughs) write their questions down and it factors into future episodes for sure. Yeah, we have a board for it. Yep. Okay, well, this is sort of a fun question. Mm-hmm. What do you think both of you would have become if you weren't ed therapists? And you can't say teacher. I know what I was sort of pursuing in college, which was I was interning at a theater nonprofit. I think I would have gotten involved in theater in some way. Oh, cool. Oh, interesting. Well, I love it. Unexpected. It was a little unexpected. Yeah, I love it. And any way I could go see a show and not have to pay for it, I was like, how can I figure that out? Mm-hmm. Well, you love story. Right. Love a good musical. I don't think I would have ever gotten involved as a performer, but I might have gotten involved in comedy in some way. I don't know how, though. But I did because I married one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I would have been maybe a veterinarian. Oh, I, I think you could have. Yeah. That's good. Pierce, what do you want to be when you grow up? I think I want to be a fireman. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Could have been, what did you think you wanted to be when you were a kid? No, I like the question. No, I wanted to be a teacher. Yeah, I wanted to be a teacher too. So Mm -hmm. I loved writing on the chalkboard. I had the Lakeshore teacher box playset. So cute stuff. Oh, loved. Pierce, thanks for coming on and doing this with us. Yeah. Thanks for asking me. This will be a fun episode. The behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what we'll call it. Lifting the veil. Lifting the veil. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Fancy. (laughs) All right. Say our signature sign off, Pierce. Have a great week, Smarties. (laughs) Have Have a great great week. week.